This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number 38. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to the Calm Living Blueprint podcast. My name is Candace Esposito, the founder of the Calm Living Blueprint, and I'll be your humble host for this episode. As I was reflecting on what the topic could be for this podcast episode, I became aware that we've talked a lot about fear. And rightly so, I believe that at the heart of all anxiety, depression, self-hatred, feelings of unworthiness, if we go deep enough, if we peel back enough layers, we're going to find fear at the root. But I find myself being a bit concerned about focusing so much on fear. I liken my concern to the same reason I don't believe in all those anti-whatever campaigns, right? Anti-drugs, anti-cancer, anti-war, and on and on. All the focus of those campaigns is on the darkness, fighting, battle, war. The energy behind all those campaigns is fear. And what are you ultimately going to get with fear? Where are you going to get by trying to get rid of the darkness? So in today's episode, I want to bring in the light. In a sense, we're still talking about fear, but we're approaching it differently. We're not trying to rid ourselves of the darkness. We're bringing in the light. And to do that, I want to talk about love. As a personal aside, I want to dedicate this episode to my friend who I originally wrote these reflections to. She's been my muse my touchstone. She helped me open my heart. And for all that, I am eternally grateful to her. So lately I've been feeling this sense of sadness and heaviness, I guess is the best way that I can describe it, surrounding the relationships in my life, specifically this desire and longing for a deeper, more meaningful connection. And I think this is an area that I've always been working on or working through. I don't see the feelings of sadness as, you know, being bad. Just a signal that, hey, there's something here you want to look at. Something you can learn from. Something to work on. An opportunity for growth. A need for awareness and change, perhaps. And yeah, it doesn't feel good to go through. But overall, I do believe that it's for the greater good. And that's why... I've chosen to allow myself to be affected, to just allow myself 
to feel all these emotions that have come up through this period of growth. Nowadays, we tend to do all we can not to be affected, right? We distance ourselves, we avoid. And I'm sure I'm still going to end up doing that type of behavior at times. But as much as I can catch myself, I will. Because what's the point of life then? We're here to live, right? I want to be affected. I want to allow myself to be affected. Anyway, the reason that I mention all this is because it led me to the reflections that I'm going to discuss in this episode. Uh, To help me deal with these emotions, I meditate and I write. And these are the reflections that have come out of this process. So I thought I'd share some of these reflections with you in the hope that maybe, maybe they'll be of service to you too. There are so many paradoxes when it comes to life, I've noticed, but one in particular that I've noted recently is this fact that the universe is beyond our mental comprehension, right? There's just so much that we don't know that I'm not even sure our brains are capable of knowing. And yet, at the same time, as humans, we have this bad habit of overcomplicating things. We overcomplicate our lives. So recognizing that, I want to start with a simple premise upon which I'm going to base everything else that I'm about to say. And it's this basic premise that ultimately, there are only two energies that exist in the universe. Love and fear. Love and not love. And that every thought and every action takes us either towards love or away from love. We are born out of love, with love, as love. Fear is what we learn. Part of our journey in this life is to relinquish fear. To be consciously aware of love, to experience love in ourselves and others. To me, that's the meaning of life. This longing I feel in my soul, I've come to believe that's what it is. This world beyond, this ancient memory of love. Love is energy, love is kindness, giving, mercy, compassion, peace, joy, acceptance, non-judgment, connection, intimacy. Fear, fear on the other hand, is expressed as anger, abuse, anxiety, depression, disease, pain, greed, addiction, selfishness, obsession, corruption, hypocrisy, judgment, hatred, violence, war. Fear is to love as darkness is to light. Love is the internal equivalent of oxygen to us. We need it to survive. Human relationships exist to produce love. It's a law of nature as real as the law of gravity. It's just of the non-physical internal as opposed to the physical external realm. As surely as a lack of oxygen will kill us, so too will a lack of love. I know this from personal experience. If I had died after I cut my wrists, suicide would have been the cause spoken of and blamed, but lack of self-love would have been the real cause of death. When I think about the nature of love, I'm reminded of the tale of the mists of Avalon. Avalon is this magical island that is hidden behind huge, impenetrable mists. Unless the mists part, there's no way to navigate to the island. Unless you believe the island is there, 
the mists won't part. Avalon represents the world beyond which we can see with our physical eyes. The miraculous, the enchanted, the wondrous realm we knew as children. That childlike part of us that is the deepest part of our being that never goes away. And so it is with love, I think. Love can become clouded or surrounded by mental mists, but it never goes away. It can never be destroyed. Perception is a choice. The mists part when we believe Avalon is behind them, when we believe in love. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. That's a tenet of all the major spiritual traditions. I feel this to be truth, deep in my soul. I know this. And another way of saying this, I now realize, is love is real. Love is eternal. Love cannot be destroyed. Anything that isn't love is illusion. And when we remember this, we're at peace. And since only love is real, then when we think without love, that too is illusion. It's hallucination. That's what the world seems to me to be, this mass hallucination where fear seems more real than love. Our craziness, paranoia, anxiety, and hatred are all imagined. Now, I'm not saying they don't exist. They obviously do. We obviously feel them. I'm saying that fear is not our ultimate reality, though, and it can never replace the truth of who we really are, that our love in these instances, is just hidden. Heaven? Heaven to me is love in my life, love in my mind, love in my heart. Enlightened beings like Jesus and Buddha, they lived from the perspective of unconditional love. Their every thought and action stemmed from love. They were geniuses of love, masters of love. They embodied love with their whole being. That potential lies in each one of us. We just choose to deny it. Jesus and Buddha created the context within which miracles could occur by putting love first. We tend to think of miracles as these grandiose happenings. A miracle is really just a shift in perception. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. What changes, what is miraculous, is how we hold an experience in our minds, how we experience the experience. Miracles occur as an invisible force that emanates from someone whose conscious intention is to give and receive love. The more we relinquish the fears that block the love within us, the more we become a vessel through which this force can flow into the world. The experience of love is a choice. It's a choice to see love as the only real purpose and value in any situation. Maybe our only job in any and every situation is to merely let go of our resistance to love. To love and be loved. Now I know enough to know that I don't know. It's beyond my mental capacity to know certain things. What I've learned though is that when I go into a situation not knowing, being okay with living in the mystery of it, there is something inside me that does know. I just need to step back in order to let that power and wisdom flow through me. I just need to get out of the way. And maybe that's part of what it means to love, 
to express love. To let go, to just love, is to shine. We are all meant to shine. Look at small children. They're all so unique, beaming with light, brilliantly shining, because they haven't started trying to be. They embody genuine humility. They just love. Something beautiful happens when we do this. The world changes when we change. The world softens when we soften. The world loves when we choose to love the world. That's all we really need. Even just one sincere surrendered moment when love matters more than anything, where nothing else really matters at all. I mean, imagine all the power that would pour out from within us, all the wounds that would heal, all the hearts that would awaken. All of our past is gone, except its beauty. Nothing is left but a blessing. The present is the only time there is. So I say, why not remember only loving thoughts and let go of the fearful ones? The only meaning of anything in our past is that it got us here. Sure, let's honor it for that and that alone. All that is real is the love we gave and the love we received. Everything else is illusion. The past is just a thought. It's literally all in our minds. Again, I think of children. This is why little children are so brilliant. They don't cling to the past and they don't relate to the future. To be as little children. They know the truth of the universe, that we are given a clean slate in every moment. What a gift we so easily discard. I see this most clearly in myself and in my clients with anxiety, although I do believe it's something that we all tend to do. This process of where the ego bases its perception of reality on what has happened in the past and then carries those perceptions into the present. And from that, from that perception, is how it creates a future like the past. And then that perception becomes a core belief and we recreate its conditions in the future. There's no continuum from past, present to future, not really unless we force one to exist. In any moment, we can release the thoughts of judgment that hold us to the past or the thoughts of attachment that keep us grasping in the future. In any and every moment, we have the power to do this. We're all given a corner of the universe that is ours to transform. Our corner is our own life, our relationships, our home, our work, our current circumstances. It's never really the circumstances that need to change though, of course. It's us, our internal selves, our perception that needs to change. When that happens, that's what brings about transformation. Our internal state determines our experience of life, not the other way around. So why ask or want for a relationship, a better job, a family, or whatever, if we're going to show up from a place of fear? Our fearful mental habits will only turn every situation into the same painful situation as the one that played out before. We need to acknowledge and address our internal demons, our fearful mental habits first. Our internal state determines our experience of life. Our experiences don't determine our internal state. Everything we do is infused with the energy in which we do it, the energy of love or the energy of fear. Real transformation comes not from what we're doing, but from the consciousness with which we're doing it. 
We believe we have so many different problems, but we only ever really have one problem. Denying love. Denying love and embracing love is always the solution. It really doesn't matter where we came from, what mommy said, what daddy did, who mistreated us, what mistakes we made, what illnesses we may have. We don't need another degree or another self-help book or anyone else's approval. All we need is the miracle of love. And we have it. We have that potential in each and every moment if we recognize it, if we allow it, if we don't resist it. As I give love to others, I learn that I am lovable and I learn how to love more deeply and that the places in my personality that I tend to deviate from love are not my faults, but my wounds. Personally, I've come to the awareness that every past experience, meeting, and encounter which held within it the potential for intimacy, I have come to with fear in my heart. I've chosen fear, and as a result, built barriers which blocked even the hopes of intimacy from entering my life. I denied myself love. The choices you have made, the choices you make, do they come from a place of fear or love? The actions you take, do they come from a place of fear or love? Are there any ways in which you have been denying yourself love? I now recognize that I have feared most that which I most want, that which matters most to me, that which I long for. It's a hard realization to swallow. I can tell you, it hit me hard. But how wonderful the realization, how grateful I am for it, because now with awareness comes the opportunity for change. I now have the choice to change. Everything that people do is either love or a call for love. I see that now. When someone treats me with fear, embodying any of those qualities that I described before, I see their behavior as a call for love. Lovelessness is not real. It's illusion. Therefore, we're not at the effect of it in ourselves or others. Lovelessness can't really touch us. The problem, of course, is that we think it can. It feels as though we're hurt by what someone else did. The feeling is real. But what really occurred is that someone else's closed heart, someone else's fear, tempted us to close our own heart, to think from a place of fear. It's our own denial of love that really hurts us. That's why the healing, the miracle, is a shift in our own perception, in our own thinking, the willingness to keep our own heart open, regardless of what's going on outside us. And this is why relationships, deeper connections, are so precious to me. I mean, what greater way do we have to expand love, to practice loving more deeply, to grow in greater awareness? No meetings are accidental. The people brought into our lives are the ones with which we have the maximal opportunity for mutual growth. We're in each other's lives to help each other heal, to help each other remember who we truly are, to return to pure love. At least that's what I believe. It's not to say that we seek out someone, you know, to fix us. That's one of the ego's most powerful delusions. 
the idea of this perfect someone to save you or complete you only feeds the fear so many of us have of showing the real truth of ourselves. That our fears or weaknesses will cause that person to leave us once revealed. Although we're seeking love, we're actually fostering our own self-hatred and lack of self-esteem when we believe this illusion. No, when, when I say healing, I mean that we don't try to hide our weaknesses or our fears, but rather understand that the relationship can be the context through which total acceptance and mutual forgiveness occurs and fosters healing through that acceptance and forgiveness. I don't believe we're here to audition one another, put each other on trial, or to use each other to gratify our own ego needs. We're not here to fix or change another person. We're here to support each other, to forgive, to heal, to see the beauty the other person already is, to release the person, to be who they truly are, to love that person just as they are, to meet that person where they are. Our relationships can reveal where our blocks to love are, if we don't suppress or deny those truths, of course. What a gift, then, a relationship can be to bring that into conscious awareness. Because only after awareness can the miracles happen. Our ego is our fear. It seems to me that, at least on some level, we're all afraid that if people saw who we really are, they wouldn't want to be with us. I know this has been one of my fears, one of my core beliefs. That's part of why we invent masks to hide our true selves. But the true self is that which is most beautiful. We must reveal ourselves at the deepest level to discover how lovable we truly are. I realize this now. The deeper we go into our true nature, the more we reconnect with that. Well, we don't find darkness. We find endless light. Our egos don't want us to see that, though. Our egos don't want us to realize the truth that our safety actually lies in letting down our mask. Of course, we can't do this if we feel judged or are afraid of being judged. And that's part of what makes social anxiety so maddening. And that's why unconditional love is so important. Create To create that space in which the other person feels safe enough to be themselves to let them know that the darkness is not going to be judged, only ever forgiven. Without unconditional love, how else are we going to help each other reconnect with our true selves, to reconnect with that endless light within each other? How else can we be healed to create the context within which two people might become more than they would have been alone? The entire world is blessed when that happens. It's so much bigger than just two people making a connection. The truth is love is all around us. The idea and glorification of romantic love, which the ego desperately holds onto, can be a block to our awareness of love's presence oftentimes. You know, as an analogy for this, I like the analogy that uses the image of a long-stemmed rose. The stem of the rose represents true love. The blossom, romance. Because the ego is sensation-oriented, our focus automatically goes to the blossom. All the nourishment the blossom needs in order to love, however, reaches it through the stem. From the outside, the stem looks boring in comparison, but if you take the blossom off the stem, it will die. 
The stem comes first. Out of the stem, the blossom flourishes. And the stronger or more nourishing the stem, the more beautiful the blossom. And it's not that we need to seek love. Rather, I think our job is to remove all the barriers we hold against love coming, against us being open to love. There's whoever is in front of us and the perfect lessons to be learned from that person. We are given opportunities to work through the places in ourselves that need to be healed before we're ready for the deepest intimacy. As long as I believe that I'm not good enough, that I'm not lovable, I'm going to have a difficult time accepting someone into my life who thinks I am. A difficult time attracting someone into my life that knows I am. The only way I can accept someone who finds me wonderful is if I find myself wonderful. The only way I can attract someone who truly loves me is if I love myself. To the ego, however, self-acceptance is death. I believe that part of working on ourselves in order to be ready for a profound relationship, a deeper connection, is learning how to support another person in being the best they can be. We're meant to help each other access the highest parts within ourselves. When we choose to join together through total acceptance and unconditional love, that's when the miracles start happening for both people, for everyone. A miracle is just an authentic switch from fear to love. So by choosing love, by being loving, we can help create the context within which miracles occur. We have the capacity within us. You have that capacity within you. As we love, we shall be released from pain. And as we deny love, we shall remain in pain. What if it really is that simple? What if the world could be healed one loving thought at a time? Mother Teresa said, We can do no great things, only small things with great love. I believe she's right. I want to be part of that healing. I commit myself to love. Love matters more than anything to me. Nothing else really matters. The pettiness, the drama, who said this, who said that, the deadlines, opinions, winning, politics, our jobs and titles, getting into the so-called best school, the clothes we wear, the homes we live in, the cars we drive, the kind of exercises we do, even the kind of food we eat. When it comes down to it, none of it really matters. None of it is real. Love is real. Being present for and with each other, love is all that really matters. I relinquish my fears. I wasn't created to be alone. I was created to be connected. I have the capacity to create deeper connections with others. I have unlimited capacity within me to love and be loved. To love my family, to love my friends, to love everyone. I am in business to spread love, my purpose is to spread love. My work is an extension of my most basic self, and my most basic self is love. I am love. I choose love. So, that's my love manifesto. What is yours? I encourage you to write your own love manifesto. What do you choose? fear, 
or love. Till next time, I'm Candace Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. <laughs>